Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode 66 for the week of November the 30th, 2018. Our post-Thanksgiving, pre-holiday, pre-Academy Award season episode rush, right? We've awoken from our turkey comas. We've seen some movies. And yes, now we're heading into a very exciting month. There's a lot to de- into December that we're going to talk about towards the end of the episode. But I assume you guys have been seeing movies, too, because, I mean, all the holiday hits from Thanksgiving are already out. So Grindelwald, The Grinch, I'm forgetting some others I know that came out. Wreck-It Ralph. Free 2, Wreck-It Ralph, yep. Or Ralph Wrecks the Internet. One of the two of us has seen some movies. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I've been busy. Yes, I think you've seen 10 or 11 since my last <laughs> my last movie adventure. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, what's been happening, Adam? What's going on, man? Uh, just getting ready for the holidays. Some travel coming up, so I'm just trying to get everything lined out before I leave town for a week. Well, we had a, a big, full, fun, friends and family Thanksgiving, and that went great. Um, got to visit with some folks from out of town that came in and uh, were part of the podcast, part of the podcast, part of the Thanksgiving celebration with us. That was always nice and fun. Um, <clears throat> and I have to, okay, I, I have to, it's confession time here on the podcast, live here in the booth. I don't even know this, do I? You do not. Confession right. time here. I should have been seeing more movies. But I'm stuck on Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, the true culprit is revealed. (laughs) There's been three or four opportunities where I could have been like, well, I could go see a movie tonight, or I could get a couple hours of Red Dead in. So this week, Tuesday was my only night home. I was in the theaters Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm slacking. I'm sorry, but you're there to bring us home, Adam, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, I know some people are loving, some people are hating Red Dead. I am just flat loving that game. I'm sorry. It's just, it's scratching the right itch. But since we're going to be reviewing The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Red Dead's a little bit of a tie-in, a little bit of a segue that direction. Both kind of have that Western, Western theme to them, so... Um, I'm excited to talk about our, our feature movie tonight. So, It's yeah. Coen Brothers. It's always fun to discuss that. Oh, a- absolutely. And even after we do the Coen Brothers, we have an amazing lineup of films coming up. It's December, man. It's the end of the year. This is where they unload all the big boys. And I imagine you're going to get back into the theater oh, at some point. Oh, I will be, yes. I will be back at it after 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 this weekend. So, Absolutely. But other than that, life's good. Things are good. We got the the family. the 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 school holiday winter concert is already over. They did it at the end of November this year. This is the one that normally interferes with your Star Wars. <laughs> yes, right? and like they cleared. I think they cleared the calendar. And guess what? No Star Wars in December. The this one year. time there's no Star Wars in December, you I, get an early I, I, I holiday you, concert. It's it's just my luck, you know. But. Uh, Anyway, so my my schedule is actually clearing up. I have a little, you know, I may have a holiday party or two to attend, but um, we're going to be in good shape for film season. We got some great great movies coming up in December, so pretty excited about that. Um, I think we should jump right into the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. What do you think? Yeah. folks. Things have a way of escalating out here in the West. 
You think the boy is telling the story? Well, we'll just have to see. You know the story. There are two kinds of people. Lucky and unlucky. Hale and frail. Upright and sinning. Now, dead or alive? I'd appreciate it if you'd deposit your weapon in the receptacle by the swinging doors. And if and I don't. What are you doing, Israel? Walking backwards. Don't do that. Why not? Because you ain't no outlaw. We're in for a fight. What is your business? Well, I like to say that we're harvesters of souls. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is the new anthology film Yes, that's on Netflix from the Coen Brothers, written and directed by the Coen Brothers in this instance. So it's an anthology in that it's a collection of Western short films. Yes. There's no real connective tissue between them all except a book. There's a book called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs that they kind of flip through as a intermission between the stories that has some art and the title of whatever you're about to see. Yeah. But other than that, the stories are not interconnected. There's no common characters. There's no common themes, except a lot of these, and I can't say all of them, but they may be, but most of them are about either storytelling or filmmaking. There's something about the industry in these movies if you're looking for the meta text. Mm, interesting. Um, the Coen brothers, of course, longtime filmmakers. Um, if you're new to them and this is the first time you're hearing about them, Oh, what a world of films you have awaiting you in the future. Yeah. And, you know, some people like my wife, for one, is she she is what I would call a mainstream pop film goer only. She does not like the Coen Brothers. It's not because they have kind of a dark comedy about them, kind of a black comedy style. Um, but if you're lucky enough to uh, you know about the Coen Brothers, then, you know, some films people love about them. Some people some films people have hated. Um but man, going all the way back to eight, 1984 and Blood Simple, we've got a list of some amazing films. But more recently, if you're just, you know, getting into 2000, this, this, this turn of the century, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, um, Lady Killers, which was a real hit or miss for some people. And then you have some of the critical movies, No Country for Old Men, which was, which, was great. True. Inside Llewellyn Davis. Yes, Inside Llewellyn Davis. They True. wrote Bridge of Spies for Spielberg. Yep, True Grit, um, Hell Caesar, which was my 2016 movie of the year. I thought it was amazing. It did not hit as well critically across the board for everybody else as it did for me. Um, I did not see Suburbicon just because they didn't direct it, you know. And I heard, I heard some yeah. hit or miss stuff with it, but... Um, here we are, the end of 2018, and we come to the ballad of Buster Scruggs. And that really talks to us, like you said, Buster Scruggs is the lead character of the first of the six anthologies. And so um, before we dive into those, um, Adam, do you think we should do some kind of a little spoiler warning? How do we... Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about these films. This isn't something that necessarily I think would be spoiled. A lot of these are not hinging on any major twist or development. Yeah, even we'll talk you, about their themes. Yeah, even you knowing the theme. We're not going to reveal everything that happens. Yeah, even you knowing the theme and what they're about is not going to at all affect your enjoyment. As a matter of fact, I think The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is one of those anthologies, one of those special kind of films that is going to is going to 
um, get better with repeat viewings. I think you're going to get more stuff from them. But, uh, you know, as we jump into it and look at this, there are six films in the title character Buster Scruggs is in the very first anthology and um and something you should know going into this yeah. is that over the course of their careers the Cohen brothers have written these segments right and these are actually presented to you in the order they were written so the ballad of Buster Scruggs was actually written decades ago and it's the first film in this anthology and the final one which is the mortal remains was the most recent it was written right before they filmed this series Right. So it's sort of an interesting look through their careers because it starts lighter and it does seem to get heavier and darker as it goes throughout. And that kind of matches up to their filmography. Where if you look back to the beginning, you have the Big Lebowski raising Arizona, Fargo. Oh, yeah. Humor was more of a focus than the drama. And now they've, I mean, there's still some like Hail Caesar, obviously, but a lot of their work has become darker, more dramatic with some dark comedy throughout. But that's yeah. not the no focus. No Country of the movie. for Old Men. Very, very dark, very, um, yeah, just a phenomenal film. But yeah, but if you're coming to these, and that was their first real western. Yes, was no country for old men, and I think or an that, anti-western. There's lots yeah. of interesting arguments about it. Yes, absolutely. If you're looking for where do I see Buster Scruggs, you're not going to find it in a the theater. No, it's, well, they did limit. Yeah, there it was very, very limited showings, but it's a Netflix release. And this is the type of thing I feel is only really possible through Netflix. I don't know how much this has cost, but it looks great. And there's just vistas to view and, and the wagon trains from the third or fourth entry. I mean, there's it's expensive, and it's nice that Netflix gave them the money. My understanding was this originally was going to be a miniseries with maybe an episode each week, or you could binge it, but they would be separated into episodes. Now it's been put together as a film. Yeah, which, which I love. And I, I don't know... I mean, are there really, outside of like Tales from the Crypt and some of those, there really is, anthologies aren't a thing. I mean, you don't go to the theater to see anthologies, you know? They're not really out there. Well, um, VHS. Yes. Um, it's usually horror anymore. I can't think of anything outside. And we just saw another one, um, The Field Guide to Evil was a yeah. new anthology that we saw at Nightmares yeah. this year. And but those are more genre, very genre specific and very. But when's the last time? I don't know if I ever really remember a Western anthology. You know, I, I can't name one. Yeah, and so a, a lot of critics don't even know what to do with this anthology because you don't really have a leading actor because there's six different stories, six different actors and actresses. Um, you know, there's no like you said, there's no connective tissue between any of these stories, except for. They all have the theme. They're set in the West. They're set in the Western world. And there is a an undercurrent of, you know, the, the, the Coen brothers have this ability to create movies that put you in these situations that seem hopeless. And, you know, and you're looking for something really redeeming to happen. And then you kind of discover life was just meaningless. There's a nihilist streak through their work. Yes, and it, that, it's in here, too. I mean, a lot of these shorts, the second one in particular, is really about maybe life is fundamentally unfair. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I would highly recommend, if you like dark comedy, if you like anything the Coen brothers have did in the past, I loved The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's, it's already, it's definitely in my best of the 2018 films. And I don't know where it's going to land, if it'll make my top 10 or not, or even my top five. But I I think I have this sneaky suspicion as we wrap up the year and as I go back and revisit Buster Scruggs 
I have this feeling that it's going to climb up my list the more times I watch it. And like I said, there's a cool metatextual thing throughout these films, especially when you understand the way they wrote these when they were maybe struggling on some other productions, where a lot of them are about either storytelling <coughs> or filmmaking, but they also work on a surface level. They're very entertaining, even if you don't want to dig deeper and engage with the material. Yes, funny. Except I, I think the last one, The Mortal Remains, is probably better on a metatextual front than it is at the surface level. That would be my only caveat. Mm, I, I think the rest really work as a surface level movie. Yeah, interesting. But the last one may be better metatextually than it is yeah. on a surface. So why don't we, Adam, for just just for fun, let's just mention all six of them and kind of set the stage for what they're about. We will do our best uh, to not get into spoilers. Uh, it wouldn't probably hurt you if you if you're really sensitive to any kind of spoiler. You might want to just skip ahead to the next episode, the next segment of the podcast here, where where we look at our 2018 films in review. I would say probably in six minutes. I'd say probably about mark twenty, about the twenty minute mark. If you give us sixty seconds or so on each one of these, uh, around twenty twenty two minutes, we'll be done with them. Um, or I'll try to wrap us up at that point. Um, but let's jump in and talk about each one. Let's start with the first one, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Let me lay this one out, and then I'll let you make some comments, and we'll just switch back and forth if sure. you want. So you have Buster Scruggs, which is—this is also the evolution of the Western. Yeah, the in theme this one, of this really the is theme how of this Western— one is How Western has changed, because it, be, it begins with the white singing, gunslinging cowboy, where life doesn't mean—doesn't really matter. He is a dead-eye, a dead-shot— you know, um, he's untouchable. He's untouchable. He doesn't. The dust doesn't even stay on him. We learn, you know, and it's really done lighthearted, yet funny, yet very dark, very black comedy, a dark comedy in this one. Um, and I thoroughly loved it. I loved the music theme of it. I liked the uh, confrontation with the the man in black at the end of this little short is great. Um a lot of humor, good old-fashioned, kind of good old Western. Um, interesting, the the shootout gunslinger perspective that they use with some of the earlier gunslinger, you know, showdown views, only done to an extreme. The, the, you know, in the first showdown you see in this, the characters are at least 100 yards away from each other. They would never be none of the, you never see that in a regular Western. You know, they're always much closer. But uh, so they're kind of sh- they're kind of pointing out the extremes of all these early uh, these early Western films and how they evolved and stuff. And I just I loved it. Thought it was fun. And this has yeah. some fantastical elements. So it has Very some Looney much. Tunes like violence. Yes. Kind of cut. I mean, it's all played for laughs, but then you also see that the violence doesn't affect the, the man in white at all. Like I said, he's sort of dead on the inside. I mean, he's able to shoot people left and right and not blink. Now, I will say this Tim Blake Nelson plays Buster Scruggs. He's a character actor I've liked his whole career, but for him to come into this role and just shine, it's cool because you, you know the Coen brothers maybe even had him in mind for this. He's right. just such the perfect, atypical, older Western cowboy. So I have, I mean, this segment actually, as soon as I was done watching the entire movie of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I actually went back and watched just the first segment again. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the next one is you want to you want to bring yeah. it up. So the next one is near Algodonis. It has James Franco as a bank robber, Stephen yes. Root as a teller, and this one thematically is just about life not giving you a fair shake. <laughs> yes. Again, very funny. This is darker yeah. comedy than even the first one. Much darker, yes. But if you have that kind of sense of humor, you're going to enjoy this. This one felt shorter than a lot yeah. of them. 
But this is, I had to laugh. I was chuckling, not that the, that the scene was funny, which it is, but I had it on and my wife was in the kitchen preparing. And there's a certain, a certain point in this film of this episode, she says, or this, this segment, she says, now what was the purpose for all of that? <laughs> and that's I'm like, the purpose. that's the purpose. It's very nihilistic. The guy it's, cannot catch a break. He can't catch a break. And, uh, um, <clears throat> what's interesting if you pay attention, so you mentioned this at the beginning of talking about this film. These are chapters out of a Western book that has an art print mm-hmm. at the beginning of each one. And if you pay attention to the actual art print, it will give you a clue as to the subtext and what's going on in that actual short. I actually remember the one for this one. It was Stephen Root wearing his pan armor, and he yells, pan shot, pan shot. yes. At the bottom of the panel, because he he comes out of the bank wearing pots and pans. And so, if you pay attention to those artwork lead-ins, you're going to get that 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 scene is going to appear somewhere in that short. And there, it's always a good payoff when it does. Um, the next one up was called Meal Ticket, and this has got uh, Liam Neeson in it, and um, I forget who the other guy is that was in this. But um. Meal Ticket is about a traveling show, um, about about a guy that travels around with a performer. And I don't want to say much more about the performer, um, just for the sake. I don't want to give you too much because there's a certain value to the to this episode that you need to kind of go in cold. But it really just kind of shows you how when you're – Liam Neeson's character is kind of like the stage manager of this traveling one-man show. Or the director. Or the director of this one-man show. And yes, there's the film tie-in right there. Yep. And he kind of ha- it shows you the very blasé that these actors are just commodities that can be easily cast aside or brought in for a better talent, you know. And so, um, meal t- meal ticket is great. So and yeah, this this is a film really. This segment's really about storytelling and and also about dwindling audience and changing audience taste. Yes. Because and Liam Neeson's the guy that actually runs the wagon. He puts on the show every night. He sets up the, the scenery, but he doesn't do the show. You know, he's relying on something else to entertain the people. He just right. arranges it to happen. Yep. And his audience shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, and he's got to make a choice at some point to get something for the audience's taste. Right. And I don't know what point the Coens wrote this, but let's just say he, he does choose something that we would consider laughable and kind of stupid, but the audience comes back. So the Coens are probably getting something off their chest that we have this very elegant uh, speeches being given by one thing, and then the audience wants something dumber and funnier. Yeah. I and mean, this is about changing audience the taste and having to just so, feed the audience. I'm telling you, this anthology is so rich and will we'll reward multiple viewings. Um, next up is, uh, you want to talk it out? Yeah, it's All Gold Canyon. And this actually might be the highlight of the whole film for me. I, I, I laugh because this is probably the one that I enjoyed the most. So it's a prospector, and it's Tom Waits, who I'm a huge fan of. Yes. It's just a prospector coming to a pristine valley. It's as perfect a valley as you could imagine. It's almost Disney quality. Yeah. There's a babbling brook and animals and butterflies, and he's coming to mine it. You know, it's maybe the, the West go- coming yeah. to the unvarnished nature. Out. Yep. And he goes through some struggles, but Tom Waits is magnetic. Just watching him in this performance, he's so good talking to the so vein. So good. He calls the vein Mr. Pocket. Yep. And uh, it shows you the power of a one-man performance, an yep. individual performance. 
Um, what's our film tie-in here, if you were to guess, with this one, Adam? Do you know off the top of your head? or They're not all film. This one I'm not sure about. Yeah, because, I mean, this is a guy kind of, he's destroying something to make something. I mean, and that's, Alejandro Jodorowsky talks about art and that you have to, if you want to make it, you have to destroy it. So he's destroying something pristine to get something golden, you know, something valuable right. out of it. And at the same time, there's some evil forces that come in and, and mess with him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's All Gold Canyon. The next one might be the one we've talked about this. It's called The Gal Who Got Rattled. And this is about a prairie train going out to Oregon. And a young girl is out there with her, is it her brother? Her brother gets her into this. They're taking her yes. west to meet a suitor. Her brother is a guy who's never had success in business, always a dollar short. And his next big deal is to go out to Oregon and meet this friend of his that has made it and is rich, and he's hoping that this friend will marry his sister and so that they'll have some success. And um, along the way, stuff happens on the wagon trail as it does. And uh, If you've played the game Oregon Trail, it, it's kind of funny. You know, characters <clears throat> dropping dead from things and just bad luck around the way. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the guy who played in this, I, I, he was very magnetic. I was trying to find his name. I know Zoe Kazan was the girl. Do you know who the guy was that played it? The guy, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he was really, really good. Very, very magnetic. And the then young, uh, the young guy. Wagon that, lead. Yeah, the young wagon lead. Very honorable, very upright. Um, and then you have the old grizzly veteran who's done it forever. That's his sidekick, who I think ultimately might end up being the kind of the the, the anchor of the whole short, you know? Um yeah, and so it's just it's just let's just say this one has the most could have been an easily made into a feature with these characters in mind. Um but also this is uh, let's just say it this way there's a lot of sadness in this one, a lot of sadness. The themes are just fundamental unfairness and bad yeah. luck and cruelty and even the nihilistic streak continues through this one as well. Absolutely. And then Adam that brings us to the last short, The Mortal Remains. These this segment's about strangers in a in a coach. Um, they're going somewhere. They're having a very in-depth conversation with two characters that are, are very different. Now, it's no surprise that these are actually, they're not played by the directors, but you're going to see these people, the, the two brothers or whoever they are, two business partners right. that are talking. These are really the Coen brothers in these characters mm. talking about having to kill characters, having to be critiqued. What do we know about life and death? Why do you judge our scripts? I mean, this is it's kind of a commentary on an audience versus critical interpretation and, and a lot of other stuff going on in this kind of supernatural story of where are they going in the middle of the night Yeah, when they don't seem to know how they got on the coach. There's a lot of mysterious <clears throat> things in this segment. Very, very supernatural elements. I really, really loved this segment. It might be my favorite one. It, it might be the one that, and let me say it this way, it might be the most intriguing one for me, but not my favorite one. I'll say it that way. I agree. I think there's the most <clears throat> to mine from this one. Yes. If you're going to dig deep, yes. this is the one to really study and, and look at what they're saying and, and, and think about the Cohen's career. And this also, here we are, we're 30-some years into their f- film career. This is them really reflecting on the body of work, reflecting on all the subtleties and all of the, the ups and the downs and... And what all that goes on there. And so uh, Mortal Remains is great. Like you said, it's a coach traveling through the night. And um, uh, it's just it's just really, um, 
it's 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 really good, you know. Uh, the the now, characters. Uh, go ahead. There's a lot of interesting commentary out on this one because recently, and when I say recently, I mean over the last five years or so, the Coens have been critiqued for making movies that have that have appeared. I'm using quote marks here. Too white. You know, they're they're telling their stories, and in interviews they've responded that we we want to deal with the story. We don't want to hold a checklist up to it and try to make it fit to right. everyone's expectations. We want to tell these stories. So what's interesting about Buster Scruggs is that in this movie, the Native Americans as presented are really just the evil savages, right? We don't get any other perspective with Native Americans in that. <laughs> they did that on purpose. A lot of people think for this movie, for whatever reason, it's something to look into. And the answers, if they are any, would be in the mortal remains. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And so let's take just a couple quick minutes, a couple quick seconds as we're at 25 minutes. I said we'd wrap up. We're over, actually, of course, but it's all good. Do you recommend Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely recommend. I'd love to get your feedback as the listener. If you watch it, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter somewhere. Let us know what you thought. Um, we'd love to have a conversation with you about it as uh, with you about it as well too. So, I think I think that's going to wrap it up for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. When we come back, uh, we're going to have a quick quick music break. When we come back. Let's get into to the rest of December, the rest of tooth. Can you believe we're at the end of 2018, man? This is it. Let's talk about what's coming up. You're listening to The Film Coterie. And we're back, and it's time for our coming attractions. And Adam, like I said in the uh, right before we went to the break, this is it, man. This is the end of the year. This is the end of 2018. And uh, what have we got to look forward to this month, man? What's some real highlights? Let's let's just take a minute. We don't have to belabor, but let's take a minute and talk about some of the films coming up. So right off the top, I'm I'm curious mostly about Vice. And the favorite. So to start with Vice, it's Adam McKay coming back after the big short. And he's made a movie about Dick Cheney with Christian Bale in the role. And he's kind of become, as I've heard him described, a funny Oliver Stone, which I thought was an interesting thing. I'm very curious about Vice. Interesting. Yeah, Um, I am too. The favorite is coming from Yorgos Lanthimos, who's one of my favorite working directors. And it's gotten a lot of buzz. Cannot wait to see it. It's actually been described as his most accessible movie yet. So he's made a movie for the mainstream audiences. No, I just Unlike Killing of a Sacred Deer Lobster, but yeah. I, I cannot wait either. Um, we we have a um, a Disney Mowgli Legends of the Jungle, which That's you know Netflix Netflix deal as well. So that'll be interesting. It's amazing the amount of money that uh, that Amazon Prime and Netflix has to throw at these projects. Well, they acquired this. This was independent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so that makes a little more sense there. Um, what else? We have Mortal Engines coming up in December, right? We have Aquaman, Aquaman, a, a PG thirteen version of Deadpool, Once Upon a Deadpool. Yes, which looks fun. Uh, um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. The buzz on this is now absolutely huge, and it's won a couple best animated awards already, and people now have it as the front runner for the best animated film of the year. Wow! 
Wow. Okay. Mary Poppins returns. Also, just screaming. December nineteenth. Yep. Very Mary good po- word of mouth. Yep. Mary Poppins returns, and then we're into Christmas. We got Aquaman, December twenty first. Uh, welcome to Morrowind. I will not comment on Welcome to Morrowind. Yeah, we have not been thrilled by the trailer, so I don't know if we'll see that or not. Um, Bumblebee, we've been split so far on this. I think you think it looks kind of engaging. That could be pretty good. So let's talk about this. Yes. Again, it's Travis Knight, who's coming from Leica, who's given us um, Kubo and you know a bunch of other great, my, one of my favorite animated movies, Coraline. This is his first live-action movie. Okay. The buzz is good enough on it that Marvel is allegedly interviewing him for Guardians 3. All right. We'll have to see. <laughs> but all in all, December looks to be great. I think we're going to have a strong wrap-up to the to the, to the the year. And then before- Stan and Ollie. Have you seen the trailer for that, I The have, World and Hari? I have not, but, man, I'm all about that, you yeah. know? Them Hardy, them, them Laurel and Hardy movies, especially with all the 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 MGM monsters, is great. That's some great movies right there, man. Absolutely. Um, but that's going to wrap up 2018 and and another year of us podcasting. We're going to be entering our third year. That's just hard to believe, man. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of movies. So just real quick, we'll probably do reviews of these as Roger season. But I would recommend seeing Creed Two. Yes, Green Book. The House That Jack Built. There was a one-night-only director's cut from Cannes. There's going to be an R-related movie coming out, R-related release coming out in two weeks. Um, What am I forgetting? And there's one more. Oh, Widows. Widows, I think, was pretty fantastic from Steve McQueen. I saw that this morning. Okay, excellent. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of The Film Cuttery. Adam, if if folks want to reach out to us and connect with us, how's the best way on the interwebs? Uh, the best place is always Facebook. We're on facebook.com backslash film coterie. We also have the same handle on Instagram and Twitter. It is just at film coterie. So you can find us on all the social media. All right. Sounds good. Well, until next time, we'll see you at the movies.